One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Sylvia True was born in England to parents who were refugees from Germany. She moved to the U.S. when she was five. Growing up with parents from different cultures, a mother who was a Swiss champion figure skater and a father who was a theoretical nuclear physicist, gave her, a, gave her varied and unique perspectives. During her summer breaks, Sylvia likes to travel to the Amazon and do research in the rainforest. She has raised two daughters, both pursuing their passions. Presently, Sylvia lives in Massachusetts with her husband and two spoiled dogs, where she is a high school chemistry teacher. Where Madness Lies is her new book that is available from Top Hat Books and wherever books are sold. So welcome, Sylvia, to the show. Thank you for having me. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to thank you all for your continuing support of the show and for passing forward my podcast. My podcast has grown only because of my listeners. So I just want to give you a moment to tell you how much I appreciate you and what you have done for me to help me grow. And I'm excited to say that I am now a featured creator on Fireside. Fireside is an app that allows the audience to be part of the process. So I will be hosting shows over on Fireside where you can listen live to the show. You can also ask questions of the guests. If you find me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. You can link to my Fireside bio there and you'll be able to download the app through that. Also, if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter yet, please do so at dramyrobbins.com. I'm going to be switching to bi-weekly uh, newsletters, so you won't be getting them weekly anymore, but you will be getting bi-weekly newsletters with my soul wisdom and other fun tidbits that I'm going to bring to you all. So go ahead, follow me on Instagram, find me on Fireside. You will also still be able to hear your podcasts as you are used to listening to them on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts 
but Fireside gives you the opportunity to listen live with me. So I would love to have you come join me over there. DM me if you have any questions. And thanks again for your continued support. So this book is fiction, but it is based on the true story of your family and struggles in Nazi Germany and being refugees. Can you speak to what that experience was like? Because they escaped before the war, correct? Right, right. They did. Um, Actually, so both sides of my family, my father's side and my mother's side, um, lived in Frankfurt in Germany. And my father's family ended up fleeing to England right before the war. I mean, they just made it out. And my mother's family ended up fleeing to Switzerland. And um, it's interesting because later they didn't know each other in Frankfurt. The families didn't know each other. But later they met in England when my mother was training, when my mother was a figure skater. They met in England. So um, anyway, the book is... In a way, it's my grandmother's story, my grandmother on my mother's side. And she had a sister who was mentally ill in Germany in the 30s, which was a pretty horrific time to be mentally ill. And my grandmother tried everything to help her sister. I mean, she did her research. She got the best doctors. They eventually um, had Rigmore in uh, one of the premier mental institutions called Sonnenstein. And unfortunately, because of some of the the Nazis decrees at that time, she was sterilized. So in 1933, the Nazis came up with their sterilization law and all sorts of people were sterilized. Um, You know, it could be for alcoholism. There's even for idleness, for feeble-mindedness, for blindness, deafness, any kind of mental illness. And then of course that led to their euthanasia program. So my grandmother left Germany um, with my mother, but she lost everything really. I mean, she lost her social standing. She lost, her husband stayed in Germany for a variety of reasons. And um, I think then she just closed that part of her life off. I mean, she compartmentalized it. And then she, she basically became kind of controlling and rigid and which makes sense to me because there was so much she couldn't control in Germany and so much tragedy and so much that went wrong that she sort of tried to control all the little things. I mean, her clocks in her house had to go off at exactly the same time every day. You know, she became sort of a perfectionist of the little things. And then much later, um, I also struggled with mental illness, mostly depression and but I didn't know it until I ended up in a mental hospital. I just thought I was weak and, you know, my family would tell me to pull up my socks and not be so oversensitive. And, and I, I was barely hanging on. I um, was felt like I was on a tightrope all the time. I couldn't drive anymore. You know, I'd panic attacks if I went to the grocery store and I thought this is like mid 24 ish, 25. Um, I was like, well, I don't, I just, I, you know, I felt weak and incapable of almost anything. And I thought, well, I know what I'll do to fix this. I'll, I'll have a baby, which probably wasn't the best idea, but was the greatest gift, right? So I had a baby. Um, the postpartum depression then hit on top of the regular depression, and I ended up in a mental hospital. 
And when I was in a mental hospital, I mean, all the doctors, one of the things I'm sure, you know, they asked, is there any mental illness in your family? And I was like, no, absolutely not. My family's perfect. Um, there was, there's nothing. It's me. I'm the weak link. And what happened during that time is my grandmother and my mother um, came to help me. Initially, they couldn't talk to me at all. They were so terrified that I was in a mental hospital because of what had happened to my grandmother's sister. But that was a big secret. Nobody knew that. Mm -hmm. I certainly didn't know that. But eventually they did reveal it. And for me, that was, that was a huge turning point. You know, I wasn't alone. I wasn't, you know, some like, just, I don't know. I don't even know what the word is, but I, I, you know, I wasn't alone. I felt like, yeah, I, I am part of this family. And then it became clear that, you know, there was, there's depression that runs in the family and certainly Rigmore, that was my grandmother's sister's name, suffered from that. Anyway, that was a, a sort of a long answer to your question. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's interesting because I think my curiosity is like, how do you think, because you described, was it your mom or your grandma that was like really rigid about the clocks and? My grandmother. Your the grandmother. One. Okay. So I think that my, and, the, and really the, she's the central character in the book. And, you know, because of what happened to her in Germany, then she sort of closed down, you know, put away all, I mean, that was not talked about, just absolutely never talked about. It wouldn't have been talked about unless I, unless I went into a, a hospital. I mean, it, it, you know, that secret would have died with them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think in order to help me, and I think it was very painful, obviously for my grandmother to um to reveal this and to have to you know go back and look at the past and you know sort of relive how painful it was but she did it in order to help me and it really brought the whole family into the light it was you know and i'm sure you've seen this and heard this you know sometimes when one family member ends up in a mental hospital you know the whole family sort of if they're willing to you know they, they end up discussing what happened and they end up like sort of growing and actually being able to love in a, you know, in a more genuine, less fearful way. Yeah. I mean, I think when people can come together in that way and open up and, you know, a lot of times in a family, one person ends up being like a container for everybody else's Right. You know, all of their unprocessed. Right. Stuff. Exactly. Right. And so that's sort of what I was wondering is, you know, and I often wonder this with um, particularly, I think, families who've experienced, you know, intergenerational trauma. Right. Is how much is, you know, you have this predisposition, right? Her sister right. suffered from depression and you're raised in an environment where, there's secrets and there's there's had to be, you know, I'm sure your grandma suffered from tremendous grief right. Right. Um, and depression after right. maybe not clinical, but certainly I would imagine she was grieving and, and just a lot of unprocessed stuff and how we energetically pick up on that, whether it's outwardly them sharing with us, whether it's the genetic piece or whether we just know it in our DNA that that is part of our story um, and how that changes and, and 
can change the chemistry in your brain, but it like there's so many components to it. So how do right. you see it? So I do think children are real barometers of sort of the climate of the family, right? I mean, they, you know, I didn't know any of the details or what was going on, but certainly I picked up on the fear and the secrecy and absolutely picked up on the shame. And I think from, you know, I mean, you talk about, yes, certainly there are genetic things that are passed down. And I do think that in my family, there was, you know, there was a predisposition for genetic depression, but I think even more importantly, sometimes we overlook that things such as fear and shame get passed down. And sometimes those are the actually the more dangerous things that get passed on. And, you know, children, children know that they sense that there's something wrong and they, you know, it's worse when they, it's a secret because they're sensing all this stuff and it doesn't make sense because nothing's being talked about, you know? And I remember in, this was even later when I was in college and I had this chemistry professor and he was a wonderful man. And, you know, I did well in chemistry and, you know, I remember one test in particular, you know, I, I finished really quickly and he was like, well, how do you think you did? And I was like, well, I probably failed. Right. And I didn't, I got them all right. And so he suggested I seek counseling because he clearly saw that, you know, there was something with my self-esteem and I went home to my mother and who was pretty, you know, seemed pretty open and generous and, you know, willing to listen to, to everything. And I said, you know, this chemistry teacher suggested I seek a counselor and she She's very unlike her. She slammed the door on my face and was like, no, no child of mine shall ever see someone like that. So mm. she knew, she knew a little, she didn't know all the details, but she knew that um, my great aunt had been basically murdered by the Nazis, you know, pre-World War II. And, you know, mental illness was terrifying. You know, it, it sort of was equated with death and murder. And mm -hmm. you now she was terrified for her children. So, I mean, it was passed down to her. And then when it was passed down to me and my siblings. So I don't know why, like, the others didn't pick it up the way I did. You know what I mean? Like, why does that happen? I don't know. You know, I was definitely the more sensitive one which my father did not approve of. And I was, you know, you think, you know, you're called, oh, you're oversensitive. And now you think about that. Well, that's a wonderful thing to do, mm -hmm. you know, but that wasn't the case. You know, I was oversensitive and. Well, yeah. And I think that that just speaks to, you know, I did an episode not, not that long ago about epigenetics and how you right. can change your genetics right? Um, or how the environment can impact the genetics. Right. And I think this is a perfect example of that. It's like, you know, you have how many siblings? I have three. Yeah. Three siblings. So if there's four of you total right. and you are the only one that suffered from depression depression in this yes, way. Yes, yes. Which is so interesting. I mean, it's such an interesting case study in right. that regard. It's like, right. what what, it, what were you, what was genetically already there? And what were you sensing and picking up on as a sensitive child? Right. The energy that you were likely picking up on, you know, the shame, the fear, the just probably paralyzation of, right. of everything. Right, right. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No, I yeah, I mean, I'm sure I was. And, you know... And thankfully, my mother and grandmother um, were courageous enough, and it was really hard for them to really reveal what had happened, because when it all made sense, it didn't immediately cure my depression. You know, I went to therapy, I took medication, but boy, that, it, it made a huge difference. Like, then I really understood why I was who I was, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so share with us a bit, because you integrated par- a paranormal storyline in the yes. book. Yes. Share with us a bit about that and what made you do that? There are a number of reasons. So number one, I think, well, maybe not number one, but I am fascinated with the paranormal. And after I was in, now I'm a science teacher, okay? And I'm saying that for a reason. Um, <laughs> Uh, because my family, is, I come from this really long line of, you know, very intellectual scientists. Well, your dad was a theoretical, theoretical nuclear physicist. Nuclear physicist. Yeah. I mean, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't even get past that part. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? If you're interested in the paranormal, it, it's very, not that my father was or not that his work in particular was that, but physicists now, and especially, you know, theoretical physicists are looking at, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you that physicists all believe in the paranormal, but they are looking at these correlations. And it is very interesting to read about what some of the physicists are theorizing these days on that, you know, as an aside. But anyway, I don't know where I'm working on, I'm working on trying to get someone on the show to talk about that from a Either oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, we were, we were talking about you integrating that piece into the book. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, sorry. Um, I, I get myself off track, and then I'm like, <laughs> where was I? It's like, I'm you used know, to getting people back on track. <laughs> okay, good, good. Anyway, so after, it's interesting, because when I was in, in McLean, that was a mental hospital I was in in Boston, um, I, when I came out, you know, I, I was just... I I became myself. It was like I, you know, I was able to be who I was always meant to be. And and one of the things I was meant to be and am is very curious about everything, right? And I met a friend and he told me his mother was a psychic. And I was like, oh yeah, no, that doesn't exist. I'm not allowed to believe in that. And he told me some stories and I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. So we went to see 
um, his mother, this is my first time ever going to see a psychic, and she read regular cards, not tarot cards, which was kind of interesting. And she like she regular knew, cards, like playing cards. Yeah. So you know, regular cards were first invented not for playing cards. They were invented for fortune telling. I mean, we call them playing cards now, but but technically they were the first real cards that people used. Hmm. Anyway, she was just astoundingly gifted. And she was my psychic for 30 years. And it was just, it's been a phenomenal journey. She died about a year ago. Um, but through her, I began to open up. And as I tell my students and my children, only a closed mind is certain, right? So mm-hmm. you have to be open. And I was open just enough to start. And then, you know, I was fascinated and I have been fascinated. But anyway, so that's, so a little piece of the, the reason it's in the book is because of my really strong belief in it. And my belief as well that I do believe, you know, my mother and grandmother are here, they're on the other side, but I do believe they partly guided me in this process. Now that's not in the book per se, but the other reason um, as far as structure of the book and the story is that this woman who was in McLean as well, she was there because she lived in a group home and she knew there was going to be a fire. She was psychic. She knew there was going to be a fire in the group home. She told everybody and then there was a fire and then they accused her of committing, uh, of starting this, the fire. Which so, she was in the home with you? Yeah, she was in the mental hospital with me. Yeah. Wow. So she had visions, um, paranormal visions, which, you know, some people are going to say are crazy. And again, that's precognitions, right? Right. Whole other piece in, in our society in, and different in other societies, right? There are some societies where if you have visions like this, you know, you're going to be trained to be a shaman. I mean, right. it's a you're gift like and lauded and people are lining up to see you. Right. But, but obviously, you know, in, in this country, I do think we're becoming more open, but it's still, you know, there's still a lot of, yeah, that's, that's not real. But anyway, so she had a vision in the mental hospital when, she, when my grandmother was there visiting of my grandmother's sister. And what it does to the character of my grandmother, it sort of pushes on her even more to become, a, you know, to make her question. You know, where is this, this woman who died? Where is this kind of love of her life was her sister in a way, right? Um, and is she still around? And it was important to put, to put that character in that position and push on her boundaries. Because one of the themes of the book is that, you know, both the grandmother and the granddaughter have ideas of the other one that aren't the nicest thing like the granddaughter thinks the grand that i was the granddaughter thinks the grandmother's rigid and controlling and doesn't understand why she has all these rules and whatever and the and the grandmother doesn't understand why the granddaughter doesn't do her hair more nicely obviously look at my hair but <laughs> right you have so, great curly hair right but the the point being it, that you have to really listen to the other and be open to their their experiences but really understand their fears and so the whole book really is a trajectory of sorts of openness and 
the paranormal piece pushes on those boundaries and sort of makes the grandmother have to be open, a little bit open about that too. How open? She's not going to be open like me about it, maybe. But, you know, those, those are the things that I think are important to question. Again, you know, going back to only a closed mind is certain, you know, we've got to push those boundaries. We've got to understand each other. We have to, you know, be open to the experiences of others. Well, and I'm just thinking, what was it like for you to be in the hospital with this woman who had this vision of or experience with your grandmother um, and her sister? And like, how did that get handled by the staff? You know, I oh, think that's... it's it's so um, it's so disconcerting in some ways to hear like that you'll just dismiss. I mean, that's her reality. And I understand that there is a thin line between reality and psychosis sometimes. I mean, I've sat with people who have severe schizophrenia and you can get pulled into those delusions really quickly. I mean, because they're so real to the person that they're sometimes, not always, but their way of expressing it is 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 so real and that's their reality but in right. this case this this i mean it she knew things that she could right. not have known right so right in this particular case and and i'm glad you brought that up because you know believe me i i don't think you know people who have psychosis from schizophrenia is is not the same as having like messages or whatever from Mm-mm. the other side Mm-mm. but this woman I don't know. I, she was just dismissed. I mean, she wasn't, I don't know. There was something about her and I, she didn't come off as particularly bright. And I think that, so then she was more, even more easily dismissed. Oh, Mm. she's just like, you know, I mean, and and that's so sad really because she was really gifted. And so how did you, how did that impact like, this being something that you were curious about or did it in any way? It didn't at that time. I mean, it, it, that was, you know, it, it made, it was interesting. I think that, um, I, you know, I didn't fully understand it. Oh, that's, you know, I didn't fully understand it. It was, but it, oh, again. Okay. So, it creates openness, right? It creates an opening. And that's so key in life for me. Like you create these little openings of curiosity, right? And you follow them and you should follow them. You know, I tell my students that all the time, like be curious, above all, be curious. I love that. So that when I did get out of McLean, I was ready to begin to seek these experiences. And, um, I've had like fascinating experiences, both with, you know, psychics and mediums and frogs, which in many ways is really fascinating as well, because I mean, to me, the frauds have like sort of legitimized some of the real people. The, the what? What is the frauds? Sorry, frauds. So I've also oh, had frauds, frauds. I'm, I'm like, is she saying frogs? Yeah, no, I realized that, right. The fraud. So I've had some pretty interesting experiences with frauds. And I think that has legitimized some of the people who are really gifted. Mm -hmm. So 
Did in some of your readings has your grandmother and um, aunt, great, great aunt, aunt, have they right. come through? And what could do you feel comfortable sharing some of what they have shared? Um, so I they haven't. There, my mother comes through much more often and okay. is, is more specific. I mean, my grandmother comes through sort of as a, a figure that's standing near my mother. Um, I, yeah, I'm comfortable sharing all my stories because that's who I am. Like, I realized, you know, I don't know when, I don't know, it wasn't long ago. I'm like, so what's been the path of my life? It's been one of openness because of the secrecy I grew up in, right? Mm -hmm. So I sort of, and I know I, I realize I'm getting a little off track here, but I, more importantly than anything, I wanted to make sure that I raised my daughter, in, my daughters, um, in a home where they were comfortable with openness, vulnerability. And both my daughters have suffered from, at varying degrees, from some depression and anxiety. And there's no shame. There was no shame for them. And I remember when my eldest daughter was um, beginning to show signs around 14. I mean, I took her to the, a therapist, a psychiatrist, and a psychic, right? Like, I covered all the bases. And I tell that. I tell that to my students because, you know, there's help to be had out there. There's great help. And if the first person doesn't work, it doesn't matter. There'll be other people. There'll be a, a different medication or you know, there's just so much help and support. You just can't like give up. But anyway, I was going to tell one short story about sure, my absolutely. So this woman, Sophie, who um, read, you know, as a psychic, but also had mediumship abilities. I remember when Erica, my oldest daughter, was pregnant with her first child, she had just suffered a miscarriage before her pregnancy. And so she was pretty newly pregnant. She had an ultrasound on New Year's Eve in Boston. I happened to be in Chicago. And the technician said something that Erica didn't understand. And Erica called me totally hysterical. She, like she couldn't breathe. She could barely speak. Finally, she said something like the technician said there was like an artery in the baby's head. I was like, that makes no sense. But I was so worried about Erica and about the baby. And um, I got off the phone and in my family, there are a number of medical doctors and I could have called the radiologist, but I called the psychic, right? <laughs> and um, I, I was like, Sophie, you have to help me. And so Sophie read the cards over the phone and she said, the baby's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with the baby. She said, but Erica can't have sex for two weeks. I was like, okay, I can't tell my daughter that. Right. I can't say, you know. And Sophie was like, there's nothing wrong with the baby. Something hasn't moved yet. And Erica should not have sex for two weeks. You need to tell her that. And I was like, yeah, I can't do that. Erica saw her doctor a couple of days later and the doctor said the baby was totally fine. What the woman had seen was something called an artifact, which is, you know, because they're sound waves, it's not something that has to do with anything, but, you know, a reading of the sound waves. But Erica's placenta hadn't moved yet. It was still low-lying. So the doctor said, you can definitely have sex. But if you do, chances are you'll spot and then you'll get, his, no, you'll get upset right, and you'll need right. to come in for an ultrasound, which is fine. You can do that. Um, but that Sophie had known everything. 
you know what I mean? She didn't know it was called the placenta, but you know, all these things happen with her all the time. And it just, it fascinates me. I mean, before she died, she, um, she had significant dementia, but I would still go and visit her all the time. Not for reading so much, just to bring her cake and, you know, to be there for her. But every time she saw me, she wanted to do a reading. So she could still do a reading even while she had dementia. And their readings, here's the thing about them. They were so accurate. I didn't even know how accurate they were till after she died, right? And I mean, the things she told me in the readings that have since come true are so crazy. Like, you know, I'm like, how can I not believe in all of this when this has actually happened, you know? Well, and what does that say about our brains when you have dementia and you're still able to tap into this part of yourself? Right. Well, they've done some really interesting studies with that, looking at, at the brain waves when like certain mediums, I know, I, you know, certain mediums, they've studied their like brain activity while they're actually doing or in a trance. Right. Or but I mean, state. when you have dementia, like that's a new level of, of right. research, complete, I feel like. Right. Right. And I mean, my research is only anecdote. It's research. It is research. I mean, I've collected a ton of data, but it's anecdotal. And as is a lot of this research, but the interesting thing to me too is there, I, I love the University of Virginia studies. That, yeah, I don't know if Bruce Grayson. Know. I had him on. Oh, you uh, did. A little, yeah, he's actually it's February twenty fifth right now, but he's going to be because this will air probably in May. He is on my March fourth. He has a new book coming out. Oh, he um, does. Yeah, okay. called After. It's phenomenal. It's yes. Phenomenal book. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I love all the work they're doing there and they, you know, they have mountains and mountains of research Mm -hmm. and data that they've collected. And, you know, so it's always shocking to me that people still will be like, wait, you believe in that? I'm like, how can you not? If you do your homework, how can you not? Right. Well, Sylvia, this was so interesting. What, where can people find you other than in the classroom teaching (laughs) remote, our, our students, our leaders of tomorrow, right? I mean, thank you. It sounds like you're an amazing teacher too, just in how you talk to them about the world and just about everything. Everything. Even though I teach chemistry, we talk about everything. It's fun. I love teaching. I'm so lucky like to have fallen into, you know, God, in high school, no less. Like, I feel like people are just scared of adolescents in general. So right. And there's so I have one. Right. Um, they well, are anyway, fun. I think I have a, a website and um, at sylviatrue.com and you can buy the book pretty much anywhere. So Google searches these days are great. I love to hear from people. I, I you know, I'll connect with anybody. Basically. Oh, I forgot one big piece that's important. Your that's interesting. Your um, grandfather was Anne Frank's doctor. So my grandfather on my father's side was the doctor of the whole family in Frankfurt. They fled to Amsterdam, the the Frank family. And my 
um, father's family fled to England. And my grandfather was one of the kindest, most gentle souls. And he absolutely could not believe and would not believe that humans were going to be or could be as terrible as they ended up being. And he just, he literally had to get pushed on a train to, to get out of Germany because he, he, he was like, this, this isn't going to happen. I mean, and, you know, we understand that, like, you know, we don't believe people can do horrible things and they do. And it's crazy. Did he know this Frank's family story? Well, he knew it later. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. yeah. And he was very, it, it affected him greatly. Like he, he would, my father said he died too young because of, you know, the trauma of, the trauma of leaving, but also I think just the sadness of it, you know, of it all. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, if people want to read your fascinating, beautiful story of where madness lies, they can find you. You told us on um, Google, they can Google you, and I will have all the links also listed in my uh, show notes. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I hope I hope you I didn't like run into any of your course time or anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> I juggle many things. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.